0: It's time for the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. How you doing, Jack?
1: I'm doing I'm doing fine. How are you?
0: Doing fine. You got a weird sound in your uh, microphone? Is that the case? I don't think so. I see. It okay. could just be my earbuds. Okay. We're working out the technical wrinkles as we go live, as, you know, has to be done sometimes. Yes. So yeah, the Way of Rock podcast. We are on episode eight. We have made it eight episodes. Eight episodes. Assuming we get through this one. Yes. Which I think the odds are pretty pretty good. And we are available wherever you can find your podcast. That includes iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pocket Cast, and Anchor, where this originates from. Anchor is a pretty cool little app slash website. When we decided we wanted to do this particular podcast, we weren't really sure which platform to turn to, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't really sure what, what what the best path would be. And we found this anchor.fm and once you record your podcast, you just upload it to their site, and then they find the distribution for you.
1: They do the hard work. They do the
0: hard work. All we have to do is record this. Yes. And, and really, if you don't have the stuff to record, you can record directly into their app. Interesting. You could just turn on your, your computer, your iPad, your iPhone, or whatever people use if they don't have iPhones, and just record right into the app. Upload it, and then Anchor.fm does the rest. You give it a cool name, and uh, if you don't have a cool name, you call it the Way of Rock Podcast. Okay. Anyway, Anchor.fm, you can download the app or just go straight to the website, and it is a really cool way to get your podcast out there. So please check it out everywhere you can find a podcast. Subscribe, leave a review, and that would be most excellent for us. We are also brought to you by Third Stage Tease, and that is a T-shirt shop on the internet. The internet's, yeah. You go in there and you find yourself a T-shirt with uh, some sort of cool rock and roll theme or a funny, sarcastic saying, and you know they've got it all over the third stage T's. You can go there and use the promo code T W O R and save yourself fifteen percent on your order.
1: So we had a busy weekend. We did had a uh, had a had a weekend of live shows.
0: Live shows, and unfortunately. In our town, on what was it Friday night? Uh, yes, Friday night we had two two big shows roll through town. We had William Duval, who is the current lead singer of Alice in Chains, and he's on a solo acoustic tour right now. And we also had the band Dirty Honey. They're both in town the same night. Yes, we we go in spurts here where we don't have shows for months,
1: and then we get the uh, the double up.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, kind of annoying. But we had to split our efforts, and I went to the Dirty Honey show, and you saw William Duval.
1: I did see William Duval,
0: And that show is held at a venue that I believe holds about 300 people if it's packed.
1: Yeah, um, not, a, not a huge I'm not venue. certain
0: on that number. I know it doesn't hold more than five. Um, my venue where I saw Dirty Honey when it's packed, I'm just going to guess because it's got a second level, but honestly, if you're... If you're up on the balcony and you're more than 10 feet away from the the balcony edge, you're not seeing the show at all. You, you can't see the stage if you're that far back up on the balcony. So I, there's some tables up there so you can go up there and sit, much like uh, our place pops okay. that we see lots of shows. Um, think of that balcony, but if it went deeper and past the tables... If you were standing back there, you wouldn't have yeah. any idea. You could hear a show, but you wouldn't be able to see a show. So I'm not going to count anyone who was standing up there. They weren't there for the show. They were there to, I don't know, do play pool or something. Um, but, yeah, my venue probably holds maybe maybe 800. Maybe. I'm really bad at estimating crowds. Yeah. But uh, I, mine was nowhere near full. How about yours?
1: Mine was... I would say around 75%, like there was a good amount of people there but it wasn't like packed like you could you could get around, you could move if you right. want to go to, you could breathe. Yeah. So like I said, 75% or so. It was not cuz packed shows annoy me because they're packed. But yeah, uh you could move around and not have to squeeze between everybody. So it was it was fine. Very small venue so really wherever you are you can see Just like a standing room only, like you can use the stage as a table to put your drinks down, basically. Like it was very compact.
0: Yeah, that's a cool venue. And anyone who, it's Blueberry Hill here in St. Louis. And if anyone is familiar with that venue, that is where Chuck Berry used to play a monthly, he had like a residency there up until he passed away, really. Yeah. Um, Up until, I guess, maybe a year or two before he passed away. Yeah, Chuck Berry would. This is it's in the the downstairs of a restaurant, and Chuck Berry played. He would. I can't remember if he played like consecutive nights or if he just played one show, but it was a monthly affair for a long time, and so it's kind of legendary for that reason. And um, yeah, lots of nationally touring bands come through there, and uh, really really nice intimate place to see a show. So, how was it?
1: It was really good. Uh, so it's it was the the tour for the new uh, William DuVall album called One Alone, and I'm always a fan of whenever a uh, someone goes out and branches out and just does their own thing, where it's them and an acoustic guitar. Uh, so I was as as soon as it was announced, I was kind of excited because I really like William DuVall already and I like acoustic music, so whenever you put those two things together, I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. Uh, so ever since this was announced, I was like really excited. I was like, okay, I'm going to go see William Duvall. And, uh, yeah, he played for about an hour and a half, played mostly stuff off the album, but then he also threw in uh, Never Fade, which is off of uh, the, Alice, the Alice album, Rainier Fog, that just came out, and then he threw in Seasons of Wither uh, by Aerosmith. And then a Bowie song, I believe Lady Stardust. If I'm uh, getting that right, I'm not the biggest Bowie guy.
0: Yes, I believe that is what you told okay. me the other day.
1: So that's uh, so a couple covers, then one Alice song that mostly was uh, off, the, off the album, which I learned that most of the songs off the album are acoustic versions, or not acoustic versions, r- solo versions of... Uh, his original band, like from the early 2000s called Comes with a Fall. Gotcha. So that was the name al- of the
0: band or the album?
1: the al- that was the band.
0: Gotcha. and he's he's originally from Atlanta. am I getting that right?
1: I think so, but I don't know for sure. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, my first exposure to William Duval was in the early 2000s Jerry Cantrell was still doing solo stuff, which actually I just saw on social media today. Jerry Cantrell is working on a, a new solo album. And that'll be his first one since 2002, I believe. Okay. And that was the tour that I saw Jerry on. And he came out and did his solo set. And I've I've always been a, he's only I think he only has two solo albums, but I've always been a big fan of Jerry's solo stuff, which sounds uh, a lot like mm-hmm. Alice in Chains. But <laughs> You know, Jerry Jerry had a bigger part in Alice and Chains and I think a lot of in the in the vocal sound than yeah. a lot of people realize. I mean, Lane was an amazing lead singer, but but Jerry really did a lot of work in that band as well vocally. But anyway, getting back it was it was a Jerry Cantrell solo show. He did his solo stuff and then I can't remember if it was for the encore or just kind of the end of the show, he brought out William Duvall to do two or three Alice and Chains songs. They did Man in the Box, um it's been a long time. So I honestly can't remember what else they did, but it, it would have been hits and they closed with man in the box, of course. But, uh, yeah, that was my first exposure to William Duvall. And I, and I remember back then that was, this was a full on, you know, electric live show. I was like, wow, this guy is nailing it vocally. And I saw some of your video from the other night and just him and an acoustic guitar. I mean, and I've actually seen an acoustic Allison Chains show with William Duval. Um, down the street from where you saw your show and yeah that, I mean the dude can sing
1: oh definitely he's really really good singer i mean like a like a you were saying um i also kind of i didn't know of who he was until his affiliations with Jerry and and the Austin Chains but he has multiple other project projects like i said uh comes with the fall earlier but then he also has He's affiliated with a super group type thing called Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, which I don't know all that much about, but I know that there's uh it's a bunch of guys from different bands. I think there's a, one of the Mastodons is in there. So he he stays busy. But yeah, I mean just him and an acoustic guitar, really, really good show. Uh some of the songs that I was a fan of well, I'm a fan of, but I that he that they played uh, of course, Till the Light Guides Me Home, the lead single off the new album, he opened with The Three Wishes, which is a fun little song to open to, just cool little o- acoustic riff. And I think my favorite off this album is Strung Out on a Dream. Uh, that's a really good one. But uh, yeah, it's about hour and a half long, maybe a little bit less, played 13 songs. Wasn't too much downtime in between songs. He would switch guitars and, like, make a couple jokes and then go right into it, so, yeah.
0: Didn't really tell any stories or anything, just...
1: Yeah, not really. Uh, I always
0: kind of equate an acoustic show with kind of a storyteller's type thing.
1: I mean, there was, like, a couple little small stories in in there, but it wasn't, like, anything huge. One thing that I just remembered that was kind of cool was, uh, as we mentioned, it was on Valentine's Day, and his girlfriend and or wife uh, was on tour with him and so she was back at the uh this the sound area with the sound guy and in between like about the middle of the set he uh kind <clears> of <throat> he went on a small little tangent and then he ended up playing a song that has never been released or recorded or played live before it was uh a song that he wrote for her birthday one year and then like sent to her so he played that he played that live and it was fun, nice so. nice move I don't remember what the name of the song was, but girls dig that; they do. So yeah, uh, played a never before heard song, which was uh, also fun. So
0: yeah, I got a little bit of that at my show too. I want to talk about your show some more. Um, it seems to be kind of a trend now too: these hard rock guys doing solo acoustic shows on the on the downside of their you know regular cycle we saw miles kennedy do that last year um and that was that was a really good album that miles put but you're the tiger i think that was called yeah and that's that's kind of a cool trend that i like that these hard rock guys are like you know i'm out there rocking all the time doing all the loud stuff i just want to go out with my acoustic guitar and do a little solo thing and and do some do some chill music yeah so yeah hopefully we see more of that with some of these hard rock guys so yeah, William Duvall, I, I think this is, we're still kind of early in the American leg of this tour. I think, I think he's so. working his way out west. So yeah, if you get a chance to see William Duvall, definitely do that. I wish I would have, <laughs> but as we said before, we had conflict that night. And Dirty Honey was also in town. And as you know, I'm quite the Dirty Honey fan. Yes. So much to your chagrin, I chose to go to Dirty Honey. But I don't regret it because it was a it was a it was a great show. Dirty Honey is a band. I didn't realize this. They have only been around since like 2017. Okay. Um, I looked on their Wikipedia and it, it said that they got their name from. It came to the singer's head to to name him this when he was listening to Robert Plant on Howard Stern a couple of years ago, and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, that that Howard Stern interview was." really recent i mean i feel like it was just a few months ago but apparently it was like two years ago but robert mentioned that he was in the band the honey drippers in the 80s which i guess this guy's too young to even know that that was a thing which makes me laugh but the honey drippers was a one-off that he did with with jimmy page and and nile rogers and it it was a uh they did like some old Standards tunes like it wasn't really it was kind of a rock album but not a you know you think plant and page you think zeppelin but it was not zeppelin at all but still a good album anyway he heard that name and liked the name and just took honey from that and added dirty and so that kind of made me laugh that that the, first of all the band's only been around just a couple of years and and that he didn't know that the honey drippers was a thing and they were a lot younger than i expected i expected kind of older dudes that had been around for a while and, and now they're finally kind of making some noise. But these guys were all probably mid-20s. Yeah, so... Yeah, young guys. Early on, yeah. um, They only have a five-song EP out right now, and it's independently done. And so they don't have a lot of show material. So they did songs from the EP. Um, Their hits... The radio hits—the ones you probably hear on the radio—when I'm gone and and um, Rolling Sevens, obviously. But since they were the headliner, and they only have a five-song EP, they they did mix in a couple of new songs. I don't have the names of those. I've got the set list, but it just says new song. <laughs> so I don't know if I don't know if they're still working these songs out or what. The ones I heard and that they and they they chatted a little bit in between and, and introduced them as new songs, and I dug them, but. I don't have titles for those. I got an Aerosmith cover as well. Okay. I got the song uh, Last Child, which is uh, one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. And And I always... Dirty Honey is a band that draws a lot of those Zeppelin comparisons just because the guys got that high voice, and they... They also draw a lot of comparisons to Greta Van Fleet, who's been just called a straight Zeppelin ripoff band.
1: God forbid anyone have a high pitched uh, singer. <laughs> right.
0: But I I think that's like I think Greta Van Fleet sounds a lot more like Zeppelin than Dirty Honey does. I think Dirty Honey's got more of an Aerosmith vibe, more of that kind of you know, kind of groovy, you know, dirty, riff heavy type type Aerosmith sound. Um and so The you know, Last Child was actually a, a perfect cover for them to do. They also did, and again, since they didn't have a lot of material to draw from, everybody in the band got a solo. It was like seeing an arena show in the 80s. We had a drum solo. We had a bass solo. We had a guitar solo. So don't normally see that in a small club. Yeah. But they you know, were filling time, so I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, they came out of the drum solo with, like, and like like and they were like like they were in the middle of whole lot of love by oh. zeppelin so the drummer did his thing and then it was dun dun and then the guitar kicked in and then they like finished whole lot of love okay which was kind of cool so not necessarily a cover but yeah. but they they did that so yeah it was it was a really high energy show these these guys are just a just fun to watch entertaining engaging with the crowd um, I imagine as they get more songs, you'll see less and less of the, the solos. Like, the drum solo went on and on and on. But, you know, again, and they had to, And there's no reason to ever have a bass solo unless you're Michael Anthony and you've got the Jack Daniels bass out. And There's going to be an Eddie Van Halen guitar solo right after it. But... <laughs> But whatever. I yeah, you know, and and as a bass player I, I sympathize, but you don't need a bass solo. All in all though, awesome show. Really glad I saw it. I hated him as William Duval. Um, as you pointed out to me, that's probably kind of a once in a once in a blue moon or if not lifetime type thing. And I know Dirty Honey's been here a couple of times already and will probably be back fairly soon, but I wanted to take that chance while I had it and, and go check them out. So yeah, great weekend. And I had a an open, you didn't have an opening band, did you?
1: I did not know.
0: So William just came out and did his thing, and, and yeah. packed up, and you, you were home by sundown. Basically, gotcha. Yeah, we had an opening band called the Amazons, and they were British. Okay. Um, they mentioned that this was their first time in the United States, and they they were good. I looked them up. They were kind of uh, they were they were kind of like riff heavy. But Poppy too. There were a lot of here. Here's what I here's what I learned about Dirty Honey and actually this band, the Amazons, who were just kids. I mean, these guys were really young, probably very early twenties. They had more of that. There was a lot of young girls in the audience, and and by young I mean like there was under twenty one was admitted, and they had to get a black X on their hand as you know to signify that they were minors. And there was a lot of that there, and when they were all screaming for the Amazons while they were out there, I was like, "Oh, they must just have a following with with the young girls." But these young girls were also way into Dirty Honey, and as you know, we don't have a rock station in our town. We don't. So Dirty Honey's not heard on the radio here. Um, I know the internet exists, and I know people have Sirius XM, you know, et cetera, and Pandora, whatever, but the next night they sold out in Kansas city where they're played on the radio on the rock station there all the time. Um, the point though is a band like dirty honey, which has that, that mid seventies American rock and roll, you know, kind of music that you would, you would identify with, with dudes listening to. Um, but they've got a, a, pretty strong female following, which probably is because they're young and good looking themselves. So they're one of those rare bands that you just don't see anymore that they're they're good looking enough that girls like them but they rock hard enough that guys like them. So you get that combination at the shows that you you just don't really see anymore. Yeah. You know, you know metal shows anymore are all dudes and pop shows are all girls unless they happen to drag their boyfriends along. <laughs> So yeah, you, you, I don't see that combination at shows anymore. So it was, it was just kind of cool that there's a band out there that's able to draw guys and girls and you know people my age and there was young people there and they, so it, they kind of ran the gamut, which was kind of cool. What was the, the was there young people at your show?
1: Uh on the on the ratio, I would say I was probably in. I was one of the youngest people there. I would say there was a couple like kids, but they were there because their parents were there. But it was mo- mostly, like, 40-year-old couples celebrating their Valentine's Day at a, uh acoustic show under Blueberry Hill.
0: That's the way to do it, though.
1: And so it w- it was a lot of 40-year-old couples and then me.
0: So let's be honest. Valentine's Day is like New Year's Eve. It's one of those nights where restaurants can charge way too much money, <laughs> and there's way too many people out. And it's kind of amateur night, so it's cool to do something like go to a rock show. For valentine's day and
1: also um except valentine's day doesn't have a uh silly just because it's valentine's day we're gonna have a 21 and over show so all the uh, under 21 black label society fans can't go see black <laughs> that label society is true. On new you, year's eve you did
0: get frozen out a couple of years ago thanks zach zach's tour manager for <laughs> every other show on there was was all ages new, uh, new year's eve here and no you can't do it he'll come back Zach, Zach's a workhorse. He's in Europe right now doing the, the Zach Sabbath thing.
1: I do like the Zach Sabbath.
0: Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun show. We saw
1: Zach Sabbath a couple of years ago.
0: All right, we will take a short break. When we come back, you're going to tell us all about what?
1: Clint Lowry's new album, God Bless the Renegades. And we are back on The Way of Rock podcast episode Ocho. 8. I was going to say it in French, but then I forgot French, so we're going to settle with English. Episode 8. I think they just say it, La 8. I think it's wheat. To all of our French speakers, go ahead and... Uh...
0: Speaking of, we don't have any French listeners yet, but I would like to welcome our international listeners. Ah, yes. When we go on Anchor.fm and look at our demographics... And our, you know, the analytics and all the numbers and the things like that that we, we send to our numerous advertisers. Sure. Ha, ha. Um, We can see where everybody hails from. And there's a small percentage of listeners in Germany, which I like. And there's a small percentage of listeners in Australia. Ah, uh, yes. They're drinking their Fosters and playing knifey spoonie. <laughs> And listening to the Way of Rock podcast. And we also have listeners in Canada. So, welcome to our international audience. We love you all.
1: Our Canadian folks probably know what the, they probably speak a little bit of French. So, back to what I was saying. Go ahead and uh, I don't see, I don't know. I think I know nine. I don't know nine. No, I do know nine. All right, we're good. I'll, I'll be ready for next week. French. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of French, um, a new tour just got announced. There's a bunch of... We we're going to talk about this, too, because I forgot about this. Two new tours are announced that uh, I would say affect my life personally. Uh, one of them is Deftones and Gojira. Oh, yeah. That's where the French part comes in because Gojira are the French types, which is a really weird pairing because Gojira's... You've seen Gojira. Yes. Um, and Deftones. You have seen Deftones, haven't you? I have. You, oh, yeah. You saw the moment for GNR. forgot that happened. That's, That's like because
0: GNR played next.
1: <laughs> yes, and
0: Jimi that, Hendrix could have come back from the dead and played yeah. before That's GNR. That's so crazy because and GNR's show would have just blown it out of the water. When
1: that happened, like I'm, I'm a big Deftones fan, but that was like kind of in my prime of like Deftones were like probably a top two band that I was listening to like every week, and I forgot that that happened because that Guns N' Roses.
0: Show. <laughs> do you remember the kid that was way into Deftones? I do
1: remember my friend. Because there was not that many Deftones fans because everyone was there for... Guns. It was a weird... That was also a weird pairing. It is a weird pairing. Um, I remember I woke up one morning. I got the bands in town notification that Deftones are playing at the Dome. And I was like, how are the Deftones playing the Dome? And then I saw that they were at the Guns N' Roses. They were opening for Guns N' Roses. I was like, excellent. We already have tickets to this. I got to see Deftones. I love Deftones.
0: So Deftones and Gojira are yes. touring together. And who's, who's support on that? I feel like that's somebody of note as
1: well. The uh the opener opener,
0: yeah. Wasn't there some there's some there, there was is. like a co headlining and then there was somebody else. There
1: is, but there. Uh, Does that one have Poppy? Yes, I think
0: Poppy was just here last night, night before.
1: I can I can uh, pull that, that uh, up, but I Poppy sounds right. Yeah, um, yes, it is Poppy. So yeah, a weird pairing. I'm a big fan of both of them though, so that's gonna be a show that I'm gonna try to get out to, and then another one, um. I'm gonna have to remember the order on this. It's a four metal, I mean four four band uh, metal show at a what would you call it? An amphitheater. Uh, In Flames from Sweden, Trivium from Florida, Lamb of God from somewhere, and Megadeth. Yeah, hey, we don't know where Lamb of God's from, do we? I think they're from Georgia, but I don't. That sounds right. Or the South Carolinas. That and, area. And
0: Megadeth. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's a that's a heck of a tour. Yeah, that's that's, that's
1: coming out. And I, I think we, we mentioned this earlier while we we're talking about last last week, while we were talking about the uh the final four not the final four, the big four. Uh both of us agreed that Megadeth is the the, the number four on the big four.
0: Yes. Not to slight Megadeth, but out of those four we they come in fourth.
1: Yeah. But it is I mean, I don't know if I would go see Megadeth by themselves. I was interested in the prospect of seeing Megadeth open for Ozzy. But I am interested in this because I don't know a lot about In Flames, but I like what I've heard. Trivium's one of, like Trivium's my band. I love Trivium. And recently I've been getting into your favorite band Lamb of God. I'm just going to keep referring to them as your favorite band Lamb of God because they're they're on their way. And uh I do like a Megadeth song every now and then. So,
0: Well, they're fun. We've seen them live. They're, they they bring it.
1: Yeah. And uh, funny you say that, because I think that festival that we saw Megadeth on, Trivium and In Flames, were also at.
0: That's possible. I have no memory of Trivium. I don't know if we went we, late.
1: We were there after them, but I remember one day I was just going. I was bored. It was like years ago. I was just like looking up festival lineups that I've been to. And because we showed up during Machine Head and Trivium and In Flames were before Machine Head. Gotcha. And that's uh, when you started uh, your dislike of Machine Head.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's not, they're not my favorite. Yeah, there's there's this this is kind of an annoying thing about this time of year that everybody announces at the same time the summer shows. Yeah. And what's even more annoying now is that everybody's tickets go on sale at the same time. Yes. So you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to spend the real money on, um, because not only those two tours announced, but the Rage Against the Machine
1: ah uh, yes um, that was
0: reunion a, has now been turned into a full fledged
1: tour. I don't know if we ever mentioned that. I feel like that's worthy of uh, talking about. Absolutely, yeah,
0: because. The first, it was just going to be some one-off shows, you know, Coachella, and then a couple of other shows. And, I mean, you never know with Rage, because, you know, um, Zach's got his, he gets his fill of live shows, I think, pretty pretty quick. Um, I really did not see a full tour coming from
1: that. I didn't either.
0: And sure enough, they announced a full tour, and it, is, it has sold out immediately, Um Rage catching a lot of hell from dopey fans that think that they're getting gouged by the prices. If they dug a little further into that, they would see that Rage put a select number of seats for sale where 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So those really, really expensive tickets, they are donating that money to charity, which kind of sucks for the average fan that doesn't have $1,500 for a seat. I get that, but it's not like you know, Mr. Socialist Morello is going to yeah. pocket all that
1: money. I funny you say that cuz I saw on a loud wire post one of the one of the uh avenues of music news that I I follow on Instagram. And there's a there's a good amount of people that were complaining but they but instead of just like complaining and leaving it that they're bringing in capitalism and communism and all the different things and I'm like I think they're just donating to charity. I don't think this is uh that deep. Right, yeah.
0: It's 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 and in you know, let, take that part out of it. If Rage just came back and played a reunion tour, it's going to sell out immediately and the secondary market's going to be out of control because they haven't toured in 20 years. I mean, yeah. It's just it's just it's just the way it goes for for shows like that. You know, a band doesn't do anything for 20 years, they come back and as the, if they've maintained their popularity like Rage has, it it's going to be pricey. Yeah. Sorry.
1: And as good I'm I'm sure that Rage show is going to be insane. But we have seen Prophets of Rage. And profits yep. of Rage was uh really good.
0: That's true. And I've seen Audio Slaves, So I've 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 seen all the variations of Rage <laughs> Against the Machine. So I would like to see that show if we can figure out a way to do it then uh then we, we'll see if we can pull that off, but if not, then uh, so be it. We'll just have to find somebody who went and get them on as a guest.
1: The real question is, have you ever seen Tom Morello and the Night Watchmen?
0: I have not, and that would I be see. a good show, I think, as well.
1: I do like Tom Morello. Yeah, All Lots right. of
0: big tours coming. and Yeah, getting back to, to the prices, I mean, a couple of years ago when Guns N' Roses reunited and went on that tour, those tickets were insanely expensive. Yeah. And... They were, they were keeping it. So, I mean, it's just how it goes. People just have to realize that some bands are, are way high in demand and ticket prices are going to be expensive, and, you know, that's, that's, that's just how it all works. Yeah,
1: and this is not related to uh, any of the rock music aspects, but tickets and shows. Uh, two weeks ago, so the week before, the Friday before last Friday, so the 7th, uh, Post Malone was in town. I'm sure you're aware that Post Malone is quite popular among the t- today's youngins, right? Yes. And so a lot of people that I uh they all wanted to go but then they were like, "Oh, the tickets were expensive." I'm like, "Yes, that's typically how that works." I it's that's just me being an elitist and like I know how concerts work and I know I know all that. So I'm like, "Yeah, if you want to see Post Malone, you're going to have to drop yeah, out some money." Drop out some money, especially when it's in a ar- in an arena and the nosebleeds are going to be $300. Like they were expensive, wow. but it just made me laugh because I expected that they were, were going to be expensive. Um, yeah, it's just, just how works. Especially
0: if it's a big name like that and, you know, Live Nation's involved and, and all the big companies are, are involved to, to promote it. I mean, everybody's got to get their cut. And when everybody and has to get their cut, the prices are going to be high.
1: And one thing that um, a lot of people, I, I, w- I don't want to say are unaware of, but don't really factor in is that just by the principle of how things work bigger shows are going to be more expensive because they have to set all that up
0: oh it's the production yeah yeah the, in, the, the overhead cost on those big shows is insane
1: in like uh kind of being in that world for a little bit you understand it a lot more because you see all the stuff that they have that they're renting in that they they have to pay to have all that stuff every night, but then they also have to pay thirty forty people to set it all up. Oh, at least, and then that's just an amphitheater show. You s- go to a a, a, a a an arena. Yeah, you see something you, you like get, what uh,
0: Taylor Swift brings along. Yeah, you know something like you know twenty five thirty trucks full of stuff. It's uh then you have all the people that that have to set all that up. I mean, the overhead on those shows is insane.
1: Hundred hundred and fifty people. Setting it up, it, I mean, it's it's it, like once you, I mean, I've been exposed to that side of the the business, and it and it really like I don't want to say opens your eyes because that's a little too deep, but like, well, it shows definitely you, shows
0: you that like at three hundred dollars a ticket for the cheapest ticket, Post Malone's just not walking away that night with five million dollars. Yeah, he's you know he's 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 getting a nice paycheck. There's yeah. no question, but, but yeah, there's there's tons of overhead, tons of expenses
1: because you 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 bring that up i've uh actually set up a post malone show before uh he played a festival last summer so not in, in a i remember setting it up and and it was a festival so there's a lot more stuff going on but and it was it was smaller but i mean still a festival he had seven eight trucks even for not having that much on the stage but like all the sound that he had was Crazy, so I'm not taking shots at Austin Post. I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he, he brings his stuff.
0: Right. Yeah, it's just just, the, it's just how it just works. How that's how it yeah, works, yeah. That's how it works. And people like, you know, those big shows. They like the video screens. They like the the lighting, the effects, all that stuff. It's not free. <laughs> that yeah. Stuff. That stuff costs money to rent. It costs money to truck around the country. And it costs money to set up and operate. And that's why ticket prices are expensive. That's why when you go see... William Duval by himself with an acoustic guitar, overheads low, and you yeah. still paid thirty bucks for that show.
1: <laughs> it Was all the all the convenience fees? Yeah, no, no doubt. All right, so uh, now I think it's time that we talk about Clint Lowry. Oh, we haven't
0: even uh, talked about Clint, Ro- Clint Lowry. I yeah, was almost ready okay. to do the closing.
1: All right, so um, sorry, Clint. <laughs> and before I get into this, apparently Clint Lowry was here like the day before the William Duvals and. Yeah, we
0: totally missed out on that news. And I
1: didn't even hear about that, because I would have liked to go see Clint Lowry. Because I like Clint Lowry. Uh, So Clint Lowry is... I've said Clint Lowry like 30 times in the past five seconds. He is the guitar player and secondary vocalist. That's a fancy way of saying background vocals. of Seven Dust. But then he's also done a couple other little projects in his career, such as touring with Seether. That's uh, the most notable I believe he lives here. Not here. That would be crazy. But in the general area.
0: Is he the one that married a local girl? I think so. Or a girl from Kansas City or something. Uh, I knew there was... I knew with Seven Dust there was a local connection.
1: Le- so that's it? He's he's the St. Louis connection. And then I think Lejean is the Kansas City connection. Gotcha. Uh, and so kind of been into the, uh, the hard rock world for 20 years or so. And decided to finally branch out do his own thing and i like i i don't know a lot about seven dust i know a couple songs here and there but i'm not uh i'm not like i don't know everything about them but from what i know from them compared to what i've heard from this it's sound it he really i mean vocal wise he sounds it's it's almost like uh we were talking about earlier with Jerry Cantrell and uh, William Duvall, where it sounds a lot like what every kind of people perceive uh, their perception of what Lane sounded like. But it's because Jerry's there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that same thing where a lot of it sounds like Seven dust vocals. And you're like, okay, maybe they do a lot of harmonizing and yeah, stuff because you can stuff. hear his voice in a lot of the Seven dust Or maybe yeah, I could
0: I can totally hear that too. And I I don't know I know less about Seven Dust than you do probably. I mean, and it's I also can totally hear that
1: very very possible that him and Lejean just sound alike. I mean I'm not saying I'm not trying to like I said I'm I've seen 7 Does like three times and that I don't know anything about them. But uh yeah. So I we talked about Kings the lead single weeks ago when it came out like very early on in our uh podcasting career. I think and I, I really like that song, and I didn't even realize that this album dropped. It dropped on the 31st of January, so a couple weeks ago. We're a little bit late. But yeah, I I listened to it a couple times. Really like the title track, God Bless the Renegades. It's the, the first song. Um, everything else, like I said, just kind of sounds... Still has that seven dusty sound, maybe a little bit less heavy, but in that kind of same, like nothing really... Not, it's not like an acoustic album or anything where it's completely different. It's Clint Lowry on a guitar and him singing, and it sounds like Seven Dust ish, but it's good, and I like it. Uh, I think one of the songs that you were saying that you liked, Allowed to Run, cut seven. Uh, yeah, I dug that one.
0: Um, I listened to it. I've listened to it a couple times now. I, I listened to it, ironically enough, while I was running this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, that song I dug. I really dug the song alive okay really like that one a lot and the opening track that God bless the Renegades yeah I think that is a really one I think one.
1: is a really good one but yeah it clocks in about 41 minutes 10 songs uh, nothing too crazy like I said nothing out of the ordinary as far as Clint Lowry goes but uh I, I thought it was a good album and I kind of wish that we could have caught that show the other day but I'm sure with him being a local and all there's gonna be more
0: yeah we'll have another chance um what where, where was that?
1: I think we decided that it was at the foo bar, but I don't know that's right,
0: that's right the uh Foo bar, which will no longer exist very soon, yeah, that would have been a great venue to see him, yeah. in, as well.
1: I like the foo bar that's where we
0: we last saw Zach Wild,
1: it's where I saw Avatar for the first time
0: that's right, yeah, good venue they're they're, they're I can't remember if they're just changing their name if they're moving there's, I think there's, it's both yeah there's something there that that they're not gonna be there anymore um yeah the another thing with this Clint Lowry album is um playing bass and drums on this is one Wolfie Van Halen.
1: Ah. I so, think that's yeah. something that you knew that I also knew, but I forgot about. Yeah. That is a thing. Um,
0: yeah, Wolfie, quite the instrumentalist. Um, <laughs> does, he works, he worked with Mark Tremonti. He did. On, I don't think
1: he still is, but he... Well, I think
0: he just worked on the album. I don't think he was like, in the band
1: or anything. I think he, I, I want to say that he toured with them On the Cauterize Tour. Gotcha.
0: And yeah, working on this album as well. And and, and Wolfie's one of those dudes that can play literally (laughs) any instrument, as you can imagine an offspring of Eddie Van Halen would be able to do. Um, But yeah, check this album out. It is a solid effort debut album from Clint Lowry. And look for him to come to a town near you, hopefully not the night after he plays, (laughs) but within enough time to get tickets and go see him. And, uh, yeah, brand new Clint Lowry. Lowry.
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, uh, any other new music has, uh, dropped. I'm not aware. I'm not aware if there's any, uh, that's been announced.
0: Yeah. Nothing, nothing that's standing out at the moment. So why don't we wrap this up? And maybe by next week, there'll be new
1: music to talk about. Hopefully so. But yeah, go, uh,
0: All right, cool. So that was the Way of Rock podcast brought to you by Third Stage Tees. Go to thirdstagetees.com and use the promo code TWOR and save 15%. Also brought to you by Anchor.fm where you can go and make your own podcast. You can go to Anchor.fm and use their web-based system or you can just download the app and use your phone or your iPad or or your tablet. Go to Anchor.fm. As far as us you can email us at thewayofrockpodcast at gmail.com you can check us out on Instagram on um, what's the big one that Mark Zuckerberg Facebook Facebook yeah, you could the go big there
1: one that Mark Zuckerberg made <laughs> yeah
0: you can go there and you can also go to Twitter and use it's the way of rock as our handle and you can find us on those social media platforms. Check us out on Spotify. We have our playlist there, and we do our song of the day every day. You can check it out on the socials to see what our song of the day is, and then we gather those all up and put them on a playlist on Spotify, where you can also find this podcast, Spotify. This is true. So, yeah, do that. And in the meantime, we will see you next week-ish, and support live music, and have a good one.